It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. into a headshot production. It's something about the girl that just made my head wanna twirl. Oh, you got me want to tell all them other girls. There's nothing else better on this world. The moment I seen her, I was in shock. Shut down in this fight, but two breaths and then it happened to lie. Oh, you got me visualizing me 
This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and that was possibly the worst love song ever recorded. And uh, it is our practice every day in the month of October, while everybody else is celebrating Rocktober and Shocktober. We celebrate Schlocktober with a different, odd, and possibly horrible recording uh, each day on the Tom Sumner program. But we uh, we're going to turn the corner and uh, get a little bit more serious now. Well, maybe a little bit more serious. My uh, guest this hour, and I apologize for having him sit through the uh, Schlocktober pick of the day, but uh, he is the author of several books on personality, including his latest, Personality Wins. His name is Merrick Rosenberg. He joins me by phone. Merrick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tom. And sorry about that uh <laughs> subjecting that you. one hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one's that one's pretty ugly yeah you, you know sometimes we have fun with william shatner and we had granny we've had oh, granny that, clampett granny clampett singing the blues and uh, and all of that but um let's talk about uh let's talk about personality and let's talk about the uh 2020 presidential candidates because we have uh, an election coming up in uh, in two weeks. Why is personality and and I'm I'm going right off the the sheet here, but why is personality more important than policy um, in a presidential election? Well, we'd love to think that we're voting for policy and ideology and platform. But the reality is that American voters are so drawn to big personalities, and, and I'll give you I'll give you a quick overview. I tried to make it easy when I when I wrote the book. I wanted to be able to convey this in a way that people could just grasp very quickly. So what I did was I linked these four core personalities of people and of course of presidents to four kinds of birds to make it simple. So <laughs> it, for example, if you think of it, it makes it nice and easy. So, so if you were to think of someone who's an eagle. Picture, like, if someone had the traits and the characteristics of an eagle, what do you think they would be like? Like, how would you describe that person? Well, you would think of them as, as uh, strong, uh, potentially um, honest, uh, moral in some way, I suppose. Well, yeah, and, you, you know, you picture an eagle, and you can see that strength, right? I mean, you see the confidence and the directness and the assertiveness. It's like they're the top of the food chain. They take charge. They just have that energy. So now if you were to picture somebody who's more of a dove, obviously a big contrast between the eagle. Like if someone had the traits of a dove, what would you picture? Uh, basically someone who wants to make peace. Yeah, the peacemaker. Exactly right. They're harmonious. They just want everyone to get along. They're very empathetic, very compassionate. Now, take someone who's a parrot, someone who has that big energy of a parrot. What do you think they would be like? All talk. Exactly. They're, they're social, <laughs> they're talkative, they're, they're enthusiastic, they're upbeat, they've got a ton of energy. Exactly, you got it. And the last one is the owl. So when you think of an owl, and it's not necessarily the wise one, because intelligence doesn't necessarily correlate, but we always think of owls as wise. What is it about the owl? When you think of an owl, what do you think of? 
Well, that's that's the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, I, I think of them as being wise. Yeah, it, it's because it's almost like they're so thoughtful and observant and taking everything in. And so for the owl personality, it's, it's accuracy and precision and they have plans. And so when I looked at these four styles, what I noticed was that big personalities, eagles have that big charisma and energy and confidence, parrots have just that enthusiasm and, and, and optimism, those big energy personalities beat the smaller energy styles on a big stage. And of course, there's no bigger stage than a presidential election. And so when you look at personality, eagles and parrots, whenever presidential candidates had that style, they beat doves and owls every single time. In fact, 22 straight elections going all the way back to 1932. Anytime you had that bigger personality, it beat the more reserved personality. The only time those more quieter doves and owls win is if they're going against another dove or an owl. Besides that, every time those big personalities win the presidency. There are some interesting uh, races that come to mind. Um, Kennedy-Nixon in 1960. Um, in some ways, both big personalities. But well, it, it came out really close. Yeah, and, and Nixon was interesting, though, because he really had that owl style. In fact, he didn't love small talk. He didn't love interacting with people. He was more of that policy wonk of the owl. Uh, and yet he had to dial up the energy because he was out there you know, and seeking the presidency. But the reality is, we all know the story, you, you see Kennedy's charisma on TV versus Nixon, and there was just no contest. That that charisma of the parrot that is John F. Kennedy versus that more subdued owl policy style of the owls of Nixon is going to win every time, and that's just what kept happening over and over again. Inter interestingly, in that particular race, um, uh, analysts of the day um, that heard the debates between Kennedy and Nixon on radio as opposed to TV gave it to uh, gave it to Nixon. Yeah, because because he sounded more wise of the owl. You can hear the policy. You can hear what he's going to do. And, and if you go back to 1932, the same thing happened where you have that big energy of somebody like an FDR, you know, going against Hoover, who was more of an owl. It just. It just wasn't going to compete. Prior to 32, it's fascinating. Owls and doves won all the time, and they regularly beat eagles and parrots. And, and I think that's because where did we learn about the presidents and their policies and what they're going to do? In the written media. And those owls sound very logical and wise. Doves sound very caring and compassionate. But as soon as we started to be able to hear them and then even see them, that, you know, seeing them, beat hearing them because it just added that extra visual component and and once we we had the electronic media owls and doves have a very difficult time beating those big personalities interestingly um i i, I would characterize jimmy carter as a dove uh, absolutely and, i notice how you can do that and he had some owl in there too but you're exactly right and He's and dove. and yet he um he won his election, but largely because of um, people voting against 
who he was running against. Yeah, but if you look at that, it's, it's you know, like I said earlier, doves and owls can win an election. And I think that Jimmy Carter was clearly the dove. I mean, the peacemaker still, you know, in his upper 90s building homes uh, for people. He spent much of his time after his presidency being the peacemaker, making sure, traveling the world, making sure elections were fair in all different countries. But he was going against Ford, who was also a dove. So when you have a dove versus a dove, a dove is going to win that election. But then put him against Reagan's charismatic parrot style, and we know what happened. Once again, doves win against doves, but then they go against the big personalities, and then they lose. Well, I, I want to get into um, this year's election, because it's just two weeks from today, although a lot of people have voted already. But um, I, I, I want to pick apart... Uh, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, um, because we just recently saw them debate and uh, and and then move on to um, Trump and Biden, because I think they're both interesting. They're all interesting, but but for different reasons. However, I'm about uh, 60 seconds away from a break, Merrick. Can you uh, sit through about four minutes of? Uh, messages sure and uh, and we'll drill down on this some more when we come back um my guest is uh is uh merrick rosenberg he is the author of a book called personality wins providing a fresh angle on why people react positively and negatively to candidates and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that uh with regard to the 2020 presidential election when we return. If you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in edgewise or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we will return. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more about personality and uh, the new book, Personality Wins by Merrick Rosenberg, right after this. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. 
And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, here Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, early gate rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send 995 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residents, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is the author of a new book called Personality Wins that looks at uh, uh, presidential politics uh, in, a, in a different uh, kind of light. At least we are certainly doing that today with author Merrick Rosenberg, who has joined me by phone. Merrick, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Well, thanks for having me. Um, Merrick, in the last section, uh, we we learned a little bit about these four types: the the eagle, the owl, the parrot, and the dove. Um, how do Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris and Mike Pence fit into those? Uh, at, at least based on on what we've seen the the recent debate, for example. Well, you can clearly see that they're very different. And, and, and they are. If you look at Kamala Harris, she's got that eagle and, and parrot as well. And that's very much that prosecutor personality style. They're very assertive, take charge, but she also has a big smile. 
contrast that with Mike Pence, who's much more of a measured, soft-spoken owl and dove combination. And so that's what made it very interesting to see. She's got that big energy charisma, but he has a more subdued style. And that's what happens a lot of times in presidential elections. Presidents take vice presidential candidates uh, to complement their own personalities. And uh, as we talk about Trump and Biden, we'll, we'll see that play out. The the uh, the two of them, though, I, I'm, my impression watching that, that debate was that Mike Pence was a little dull and Kamala Harris was kind of condescending. Um, well, I, it's interesting because exa- notice what happens with Mike Pence. In fact, a lot of people often even looked at the opposite of that for Mike Pence. They were saying, look, he dialed up his eagle a little too much, like he was talking over her, and which is not a very owl, a dove thing to do. Uh, you know, he doesn't have that charisma and energy that an eagle parrot would have. And, and that's where you're getting that, is he dull? Is he, does he not have that it factor that you would look at, like a Reagan or a Bill Clinton or a JFK? Because he doesn't. He's not that parrot-eagle combination. Uh, but it's interesting because he, he did try to dial up his eagle a little bit more. Maybe maybe his uh, his boss rubbed off a little bit on him. That, <laughs> in, 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 it's it's funny because he really only did that a couple times, but Kamala Harris was so prepared for it and and had such a smackdown for it that you know it it played after the fact as if it had happened a lot more than it did. Well, and you know you look at her style as an eagle, and I think she walked a very thin line. You know when men are eagles they can be very direct and assertive. But when women dial up their eagle role, they often get criticized. So I think she had that very challenging role of not being too eagle, which is, which is hard because that's, in a sense, why Biden hired her. He doesn't have a lot of eagle. Let's bring some of that onto the ticket. And now it's harder for me to display eagle because if I do, I'm going to be criticized as a woman for doing it. So I think she had a line there that she had to walk that was very tricky. And I spent the whole time through that debate wishing one of them would answer the question they were asked. Um, (laughs) Am I the only one that's sitting there wishing that, or do people really care about that? Is personality more important than the substance? Is form more important than substance? Once again, we'd love to think that we're paying attention to the content itself, but, you know, independent of whether the United States has been at war or at peace or whether we've been in a time of a booming economy or a recession or a depression, uh, whether one's an incumbent, it just doesn't matter. If you look at, if, if you ever watch, like, after a debate, TV stations will bring in the, quote, undecided voters, a group of them, usually about a dozen. And, and when you look at what they talk about, it's not really policies. It's not the content. They're looking at, here's how they showed up. They seemed very believable. They seemed very passionate. They seemed like they were dispassionate or didn't care. Well, what are you tuning into? We're tuning into personality. It's not really the content that we pay attention to. It's how people come across that really matters. Yeah, they, they, um, it, it really becomes a, a likability contest. Um, how does that um, apply itself to the matchup of uh, President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden? 
Well, we would think that Trump, who's obviously the eagle, with the, with the dial turned up a little bit, uh, we would think that him being such a strong eagle, that that is like a surefire win. And look, in 2016, that entire election, I kept saying, we've got Donald Trump's an eagle, Hillary's an owl. I'm telling you, eagles beat owls. Uh, if, if Hillary wins, it's going to be the first one in 21 elections that that's happened. But this time around, we've got Trump, who's the eagle. We've got Biden, who's really always been more of that parrot throughout his career. But throughout this election, he's dialing in and tuning into that, what I would think is his secondary style, which is the dove. Uh, if there's one word that just captures his campaign, it's empathy. Uh, the entire Democratic convention was about empathy, likability. He's a nice guy. And I think they're trying to create that empathy gap between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. In, in any other year, I would say you're focusing on his dove. What are you doing? Doves do not beat eagles. But I think America perhaps is longing for empathy, and they're tuning into it and accentuating it. And, and it could be a winning strategy if it is. It'll be the first time that that dove energy beats that eagle energy in a very long time. Well, how much um, does environment impact um, how a personality plays? Not a lot. You know, you think about how we grow up in our homes. Uh, Our values come from our parents, but our personalities are pretty hardwired. I mean, if you think, if anybody's got two children, uh, (laughs) they're probably very different. They've been different from day one. There is nothing you could do to change them. I mean, if you have a parrot child, you're not turning them into an owl. If you're an, you have an eagle child, you're not turning them into a dove. The environment doesn't have a tremendous amount of impact uh, on personality. It really has a big impact on values. It, it just seems like uh, in the environment that we're in, whether it's fires in the west, uh, hurricanes in the southeast, um, pandemic everywhere in the world, um, and and then of course the the violence associated with uh, racial protesting and and some of the uh, um, demonstrations that have gone on around the country, it it seems like empathy would play a little better than than an eagle in in this uh, yeah, particular I, I, I see where, yeah I see. It, that's that's what i mean about environment and timing right, right. and how personality plays if if there's a sense that that empathy is needed and you know does does that give empathy uh more points i i don't think it's the empathy because of the environment we're in i think it's that What's happened with Donald Trump is he's such a strong eagle. And when you take that eagle style and you dial it up and you push it into the red zone, your strengths become your weakness. You take assertiveness, it becomes aggressive. You take directness, it becomes blunt and abrasive. You take confidence, it becomes arrogance or narcissism. And what happens is is he's dialed up his strength so significantly that now people are longing for the opposite of that. And, and in any normal year, if, if, if Donald Trump had done every single thing he did in terms of every policy decision, every executive order, but he did them with Ronald Reagan's personality, I don't think we would be talking about how important empathy is. 
But I think it's because Donald Trump dialed up his eagle so much that he created an environment that empathy is now needed. Uh, it's not inherently needed because we're in a pandemic. I think it's needed because we've lacked it at the top for three, almost four years now. And so that's why I think it's, uh, it, empathy is significant now. Was there ever a time when we looked at the substance content issues more than personality? Oh, absolutely. In fact, if you look at the United States and you look at our, our, our rich history, those first five presidents were all owls. I mean, if you think about it, we needed structure and process and detail. We had to create a foundation. Right before the, the Civil War, six presidents in a row, including Lincoln, were all doves. And, and they, most of them were dove owls. And so prior to 1932, I think we were very much focused on content and policy and direction. Uh, I think once we have media come into the picture, radio and big fireside chats, TV and watching debates on television, now I think the days of, of focusing on policy are, are over. I think, I think there was a time for uh, the first part of our existence prior to 1932 that it was very important, but I think it's less important now because personality beats out policy every time. And, and is that, do you think it's, it's um, completely media-driven? I, I do. I think if you look at today's world, like, take somebody like an Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she was selling shirts that says that said Warren has a plan for that. Well, you can't fit Elizabeth Warren's plans into a tweet. You can't put them on a hat. And what happens is when you have somebody who's more of an eagle, you know, you have somebody like uh, Obama. I mean, he didn't provide a tremendous amount of detail, but he had this charisma about him, and this energy and this aura that just created a following it created a rallying cry but it wasn't all the detail and and you know when you had somebody like hillary clinton she shared a ton of detail and the media covered it and when you share detail you know what you can attack the details <laughs> and so so i think when you share all that detail it can work against you and so being someone who's who's big picture and just gives you the ten thousand foot perspective whether it's hope and change or we're going to build a wall it's it, it's hard to you know attack the details because you're not really sharing them and so the the, the owls just they don't have a, a fighting chance against that big energy and big picture of the eagle and the parrot and and you mentioned obama how would you characterize obama i i'm going to take a stab at this and say owl parrot you know, he's funny because he was, he's probably the most difficult person to figure out his style because his personality style is less than 1% of the population. And, and I'll give you an example. He, sh he absolutely showed a lot of parrot. He's funny. He would share a ton of statistics. Um, he also would get into eagle mode when he played golf or he played basketball. He just wanted to kick your butt. He didn't care about having conversations. But when he stood at the podium... Uh, when those children were killed in Newtown and tears streaming down his face. He's what I call the chameleon. He can demonstrate all four styles equally well. And when you do that, 
guess who you appeal to? <laughs> you have massive appeal because you appeal to everyone. And that's the challenge that, that Donald Trump has. He's, he stays in eagle mode. Hillary stayed in owl mode. It was one of the most polarizing elections we've ever had. But when you look at somebody like an Obama, he's what I call a chameleon. He has the ability to flex to any style that is needed in the situation, and it creates massive appeal when you can do that. And is is Biden able to channel any of that because he and Obama had become so close? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think, look, I mean, Hillary studied at, at the heels of, of one of the greatest orators. I mean, you look at Bill Clinton. I mean, he is a master. <laughs> yeah, he is. And, and she didn't pick that up. I mean, <laughs> I, I think Joe Biden, throughout his career, was able to tap into that eagle style. Uh, he can tap into that owl. I think during the, the uh, town hall, he dialed up that owl. I think he shared a lot of data, uh, a lot of plans and details. Um, but it's not his core style. I think he's he's much more empathetic. He's got that big smile. I think, once again, that's why he brought Kamala Harris onto the ticket, to be more of an eagle so that he wouldn't have to. And and that happens uh, fairly typically with um, presidential candidates and their vice presidential pick. They actually, very often, the the job description for a vice presidential candidate is to be the attack dog. Yeah, and a lot of times they pick that person who can just bring in something that is not a part of their innate nature. Uh, but if you look at someone like a Bill, I mentioned Bill Clinton. Well, he's the parrot eagle. So what does he do? He brings Al Gore, more owl and dove. You have somebody like uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. He was more of a parrot. So he brings in George H.W. Bush, more of an owl. And, and that's very often what they do. I mean, you look at Hillary. She was more of a, an owl. So she brings in Tim Kaine, who is more of a dove parrot, because he he needed to humanize that campaign. Parrots and doves, like like Joe Biden, are very empathetic. So she brought somebody in who was more empathetic. But if you remember the vice presidential debate last time around, we had Tim Kaine who dialed up his eagle and became very aggressive in the debate, and everyone was like, "Whoa, whoa, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> dial it back, Tim. Like, what what are you doing?" And people didn't like it because it was almost as if she hired him to be the dove and he turned into an eagle. And we were like, what is this? We don't want the eagle from Tim Kaine. We want, we want the dove. And so people need to stay in their lane and be who they are because it's just, it's just too hard to, to, to try to be someone who you're not. You um, characterize Donald Trump's personality as his greatest asset and biggest liability. Uh, how, how is that? Well, if you look at his eagle style, he clearly generates a following. Uh, I mean, you, you cre- look at his rallies, you create, he creates this energy and this charisma around him. And, and his personality is what won the presidency in 2016. But as I was saying earlier, when you dial up your personality, your strength becomes your weakness. And he even said it. He, he was having a conversation with Chris Wallace a little while back, and Chris Wallace was commenting and saying, oh, look at Dr. Fauci, his, his approval rating higher than yours. What do you make of that? And Trump looked at him in a moment of clarity and self-awareness and said to him, there must be something in my personality that people don't like. And it's like, <laughs> yes, 
that is it. It's it's about his personality. This is really a referendum on Donald Trump's personality. It's not as much on his policy. It's on who he is as a person, his behaviors that some people are just turned off by. And it's not it's not the people at the end of the continuum. Look, there are if you're solidly on the red team, you're voting for a Republican. You're voting uh, for. Donald Trump. If you're solidly on the blue team, it doesn't matter who the candidate is, you're voting for Joe Biden. But that group in the middle, that swing voter, those undecided voters, those independents, they vote for personality, and he's turned off a lot of people because of his personality. And if he loses, I believe he will lose because of his personality, not because of all the things he did, but because how he did them. Is is uh, dialing when you have an eagle, especially a Donald Trump, who is um, always striving to be bigger than life. When they dial yeah, up their it. eagle, do they run the risk of being perceived as the schoolyard bully? Oh, absolutely. That's what happens with eagles. Is that at a when you have an eagle who is confident and assertive and take charge, they can drive amazing success. I mean, it's just in the business world. You have somebody like a, a, a Steve Jobs is a great example of that. I mean, look what he created. Uh, you know, in, in the entertainment world and then in politics, somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, the Eagles. But if you do that with confidence and assertiveness and directness, people admire who you are. But if you dial that eagle up too much, you're exactly right. You can become the schoolyard bully. And, and look, he, he, he gives people names. You know, he, he taunts people with, uh, with nicknames. And it, that's, that's not necessarily an eagle behavior. That's a dialed-up eagle behavior. And it's, that's an example of how he might turn people off because that's just too much eagle coming at us. Now, with a person who has that kind of personality... Um, if something's working for them, is it just a, a natural thing to want to dial it up? Not necessarily. I, I think a lot of times, like I've worked with more than half the Fortune 100 companies, and, and over the past about five years, I've worked with about 1,500 CEOs of small, mid-sized, and some larger corporations. And the most successful CEOs are the ones who use their style, but don't overuse it. And that's true for any of them. The eagles that I coach and that I've worked with, when they dial that eagle up too much, they have high turnover rates, senior leaders don't want to work with them, and look what's happened in the cabinet. He just churns through the senior management team. He churns through his cabinet, and, and people can't work with that. And so uh, the natural tendency isn't to dial it up. It's to use it at a healthy level so that it serves you instead of works against you. Now, you point out that, that Trump's personality um, plays better if Biden is out on the campaign trail instead of um, secured at home or, or what do they call it, sheltering at home. Um, how does that take the wind out of Trump's sails when uh, Biden is exercising caution, and having small events and, and uh, Zoom events and wearing the mask and all of that kind of stuff? How does that um, play against 
what uh, would work best for Donald Trump? Well, if you look at Joe Biden throughout his career, and this is not a new thing, Joe Biden makes verbal gaffes. He's done it his whole career. He'll say things, and then it's like, oh, no, did I say that out loud? And then he's got to walk it back, and his team has to spin it. And, and he's always done that. When Joe Biden gets in front of a big group, he, his parrot gets dialed up, he gets all excited, and he says things he shouldn't say. And so when Joe Biden stays in that dove mode, in more one-on-one conversations, let's say in a town hall, I think he shines because he can talk one-on-one. He's not limited with time. People aren't talking over him. He can take his time. When he's standing in front of a big audience, he makes mistakes. And I think the Trump team wants Biden out there because they want him to make mistakes. They want him to slip up, which he does when he's in front of large groups. And when he slips up, they can then frame it as, not another gasp by Joe Biden, but as cognitive decline. And, uh-oh, do we want someone who's this age, being the president, he's losing his, you know, a step here, and, and this is dangerous. They're going to frame it from that perspective. And so they want him out there. It gives them a greater possibility of making mistakes that they can then attack, which is what an eagle will do. Uh, and when he's more secluded and he's doing one-on-ones, he's just doing Zoom meetings or interviews, he tends not to make as many verbal gaffes as he does in front of a large group. Um, how does uh, Biden compare to uh, former President Gerald Ford? Gerald Ford made a lot of gaffes. Uh, he did. It's funny. It, and there's often presidents, even some of the doves and owls, who have made some gaffes uh, over time. Uh, but Ford was definitely much more of the dove. Uh, he he was much more soft spoken. Uh, he was he was you know had that kind of very personable style. He didn't have that big energy charisma that Biden has had throughout his career, which I think he's dialing back a little bit. But Ford really didn't have that. He was a very likable guy. Uh, when everything went down with Nixon, people looked at him and said, "Look, we need a dove." Basically, <laughs> and so they didn't use that term, but. We need somebody who just nobody's going to argue about. People like him, uh, but but he doesn't have that big charisma of the uh, of the parrot like Joe Biden does have. Merrick, I have to take a uh, another break. Can you stick around so we can uh, wrap this up? Sure. All right. My guest is Merrick Rosenberg, and we'll be back with more. Hi, this is Joe Biden from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic as well as artists, musicians, candidates and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. 
discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program hey welcome back everybody uh, my guest this hour is the author of a book called um personality wins his name is Merrick Rosenberg. Merrick, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, my pleasure. Um, now, we've been talking about uh, uh, the personalities of, of various uh, uh, presidential and vice presidential candidates. Um, is that primarily what personality wins is all about? Yeah, I walk through uh, all the elections going from uh, 1932 today, and I look at how personality played out in that election, and how it helped them, and how it hindered them. 
uh, it's my hope too that people see themselves in the story. We we all have personalities, and uh, hopefully people can see themselves in the presidential election, looking at the personality styles of the presidents and saying, "Ooh, I would have done that. I'm so much like that, or I would never even think that way." So hopefully they they can see themselves in the story that played out uh, over these almost hundred years of, of presidential elections. And you've written several books on personality. This is is not your first. And as you mentioned uh, earlier in the hour, um, you've worked with uh, uh, many companies and and uh, um, coached CEOs and and uh, in in how how to drive success based on personality and how personality drives success. Can you coach someone into being more of one personality than another, or is it more a case of of trying to build on a person's natural strength? Yeah, Overwhelmingly, you want people to play to, play to their strengths. They, they need to be able to be who they are. But at the same time, there is an element of teaching people how to be flexible and be what I refer to as the chameleon. Uh, and, and an example of that is imagine if somebody gets up, whether it's a manager or whether it's a CEO or the president of the United States, and they just get up in front of a group and they stay in one style and they stay in, say, eagle mode the entire time. Well, who do they appeal to? They appeal to the eagle. But if you take someone like a Bill Clinton, who's an amazing speaker, you watch him for five or ten minutes, and he has those moments. He looks right in that camera as the eagle, and he's confident. Bill Clinton has those big moments where he laughs. He has this kind of chuckle that he puts his head back, and it's kind of a belly laugh. It's very parrot. He has those compassionate moments. He'll put his hand on his heart, and he leans in, and he's very dove. I feel your pain. <laughs> right, I feel your pain. I mean, can you see it? I mean, it's that's the dove part of him. And and, and so when you when I work with a, whether it's a CEO or if we were talking about a politician, I would say, look, when you're communicating, you have to make sure you connect with everyone. So have those confident moments, those funny moments, those compassionate moments. Share data. And so so when in a way, I'm teaching people how to be the chameleon, so they can reach everybody instead of just reach people who are like them. And and that's something that that people can do, and and something people can learn from this and and your other books on personality. Yeah, I, I want people to not feel like they have to change who they are. They're not changing their personality, but in the moment, you're flexing to the person you're talking to, so that you connect with them. And and one of the big lessons, and and this is, I, I frame it in in personality wins is what I call the big assumption, and we make this assumption that. Just because I want something, I assume you want it too. And, and that's, that's really not very effective. And what we do is we impose our personality on others. So uh, when I'm working with individuals or teams, what I want them to take away from that is don't impose your personality on the people around you. If you're a parrot, you're talking to an owl, dial down the energy, dial up the detail. If you're an eagle, you're talking to a dove, dial down the directness dial up the connection and, and that more personal style of communication. And, and anybody can do that. Uh, it takes a little bit of energy, but we can all flex and adapt to the people around us. And when we do, we build stronger relationships. Well, this is, this is a great conversation and, and a very good one to have just two weeks out from uh, 
the presidential uh, election coming up on November 3rd. Uh, my guest is Merrick Rosenberg. He is the author of several books on personality, um, including The Chameleon and Taking Flight, and his new book, Personality Wins. Um, Merrick, I, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? Sure. They can go to takeflightlearning.com uh, and learn all about the different training programs that my organization, that we provide to companies. Uh, and, of course, the books are available on Amazon and, I, and iTunes and Audible, wherever online books are sold these days. Is it uh, a little tough coming out with a book uh, during the, the pandemic? Oh, it, it's, it's a little more challenging because I'm used to standing in front of crowds and speaking at conferences, and that's a great place to promote a book, of course. So you kind of lose that, like we all do in this, during this time. It's, uh, we lose that connection and that ability to get out there to do the things we love. But, but hey, you know what? We're, we're still doing it. We all have to be flexible and adaptable, and, and having great conversations with folks like you or allow me to uh, to share this with the world and I, I want people to be able to learn about themselves a little bit too as they learn about the presidency. Well, the name of the book is Personality Wins. The author is Merrick Rosenberg. Merrick, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Take care. That was uh, Merrick Garland. He or Merrick Merrick Garland. Uh, Merrick Rosenberg, he is the author of several books on personality, including his newest, Personality Wins. He is a keynote speaker and the CEO of Take Flight Learning. We're going to have lots more of the Tom Sumner program uh, coming up in uh, just a a little bit. So by all means, don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. We'll be back with lots more right after this.
pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 